doctor. All right, welcome to the Doctors in Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tyler Lemko. Uh, I'm a doctor. Don't worry about it. Don't ask how. Uh, for those who haven't heard the show before, the podcast is really... Uh, I'm very grateful and very fortunate to have a lot of cool friends who do a lot of cool things, but things aren't always perfect. And sometimes there's a lot of realities and a lot of stuff that people overlook and people don't realize. So here's a place where my cool friends get to come on, tell me about the cool stuff they do and the not so cool parts of the cool stuff that they do. Today I'm joined by none other than Omic Mishmanaris. Yes, you sir. Might have, uh, you might have heard his music. He's Omic, makes some really awesome stuff. Uh, you might have seen him talking all sorts of crazy stuff on Instagram that's really interesting. Mish, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. Doing yeah. quite well. You know, it's, uh, I have to, because this is, this is not rated like uh, PG or I can no, say whatever fuck, I want, right? Fuck shit. I can shit. say whatever I want. Because yeah. you introduced me as like, as Mish, right? Yeah. Which is my name. My name is Mish. My stage name is Mick. Yes. Funny story. Um, most new people I meet because of my music or anything, I just say my name is Mick. Gotcha. Right? But it's that weird conundrum of people who call me Mish and people who call me Mick, and it's 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 a little bit bizarre. But I was having I was having sex with a nice lady. <laughs> yeah, better than a mean lady. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> and she called me Mick while we were fornicating. And did she say Oh Mick? Uh, she she may have, but I only caught the Mick part. And to be honest, it it, it it fucked me up. Really? It 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 almost killed the vibe immediately. Yeah. Because I had never heard it in that setting. Yeah, in that context. And uh, and yeah, I just had to share that because there's always that weird thing of like some people call me Mish. My brother calls me Mick. Donnie calls me Mick. Donnie. As, yeah, as Donnie. It, shout out Donnie. Shout out Donnie. <laughs> at Donnie Dikas. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that I should just yeah. uh, put I've, that up. I've been in that situation where I hosted a show with this production company in LA called High with Ty, and everyone on set knew me as Ty, and I was Ty to everyone. And then I come back to Montreal where I'm Tyler to everyone, and I was like, how do I, how do I start making some headway in being Ty now? And I just gave up on it. Call me whatever you want. That, that's pretty much it, because you, you gotta, you gotta commit to one. Yeah. But can you really? It's actually a, names in general are a crazy thing that it is such a massive part of our identity that we had no involvement in. And then we go by this, like, like a serial number, we go by this first name, last name, and that is who we are to a T, that is our existence, and we had no say in it. None at all. None at all. However, I'm going through, this is the third version of my name. Okay. Because for the first 11 years of my life, I was Michelle. Right. French-Canadian mother. Yeah. <laughs> named me Michelle. And uh, at 11 or 12, my cousin started calling me Mish. So I went through this exact same scenario between my elementary school friends and my high school friends. All my high school friends, Wick, call me, they call me Mish. Yeah. But all the ones from before call me Michelle. And now I've shortened it yet again to Mick. And so now everyone from before 30 calls me Mish. And now everyone yeah. after is calling me Mick. And I guess history keeps repeating itself. Yeah, it just goes to show less is more. Less is more. So <laughs> maybe in 10 years, I'll just be M. M. Yeah, M period. M period and then yeah. the <laughs> and nothing. Then, yeah, then a symbol, then your prince. Yeah, exactly, pretty yeah. much. 
before we move on, I should mention if you noticed an echo, it's because we're in uh, Mick's brother's silly large house. <laughs> so that's that's the explanation. Is is Andy and Andy or what's his like? Andrew. Andrew. Okay. Yeah, Andrew. Um, Andy, since he's pretty much a kid, my parents used to call him that. Okay. And now it's uh, Dre is what I've called him for the last yes. 10, 15 years. D R A Y versus the popular D R E. Yeah. Representing I think DRE is more of an Andre. Yes. And his roots are Andre because my grandfather was Andrea. Ah, and he was that's as named, Greek as it gets. Yeah, actually, he was on the Italian side. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. But it is still Greek, too. Yeah. Wow. All these fancy names. But now his his page, his car page is Drive with Dre. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, here we are again, yeah. talking about <laughs> names. We haven't gotten too far. So... What I think's really interesting is, uh, for those out there listening, you, for the last X number of years, have been, like, pretty much a businessman, and then one day woke up and realized, wait a second, I'm an artist, and over the course of however many months and years, have transitioned out of a boardroom and into studios and into creating content, and I think it's a really awesome and interesting thing that you were able to, like, look at yourself and realize that? What was that process like? Well, the process was, um, I always was able to be creative in the business. This was a family business. I took I took over with my brother when, we'll get into it, why not? Sure. My dad passed away when I was 25 and he had, a, he, had a, he had a business and my brother and I took over it. And first few years were just uh, on the road selling because that's essentially all we knew how to do. And afterward, we start to realize, okay, we need to focus on the infrastructure of the business and build it up so that we can grow properly. And I was able to create to my heart's content because, you know, shop floor design, marketing strategies, all these things. But I got to a point where it was just uh, the amount I wanted to create was hurting the business mm -hmm. because you can only change so much in so little time. And it was around the same time where I was pushing really hard. I had really slowed down my partying and I just started to see things a little differently and realized I was able to distance myself from what I was doing to who I was and what I wanted to do. And I just started to realize, well, what I really love to do is not really be in a boardroom and work on you know, supplier contracts and stuff like that. What I really like to do... sounds pretty thrilling. Yeah, pretty thrilling. <laughs> I, I sucked at it. Like, I was horrible at it. Yeah. It's not what I was good at. I was good at, like, creating things. Creating the the, the marketing stuff. Yeah. Creating the, you know, product lines that I wanted to build. And so, if I just cut out all the crap that I didn't want to do, somehow the clarity allowed me to see that. And I got frustrated because I was just trying to change too much. And that, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. doesn't... Most people don't like that. And also you you move at a fast pace and a large company cannot. It cannot. Yeah. It cannot. And now I see that that's totally understandable. Yeah. But my ability to create, honestly, is what got me out of it. Because I knew I wanted to create and when I couldn't create, I just moved out of it. I right. put people in charge and I, and I said, oh, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do this, but I understand how business works. It's a product. Uh, you need to market your product. You need to have a supply side, which are like producers and content creators I work with. Yeah. And uh, you just got to put it out and hope that the uh, market responds to it. 
So that's what I'm doing now. I think it was the combination of of slowing down the partying, so I could. Because you used to be good at that. I used to be good at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was. Uh, but it also it kind of fogs what you're up to. You don't realize what you're doing when you're busy doing that. Exactly. It it froze up a lot of time. It uh, made me believe that I, this is where I belong. But as soon as I cut that out, I had all this free time. I wanted to learn stuff. I wanted to do more. It wasn't hungover all the time. I had that revelation, like, because we're a similar age, where, like, I hit maybe 27 or so and was like, wait a second, I love to learn. And I never liked to learn. I was not, I was never a good student. I never had, like, a thirst for knowledge growing up. And then I hit this age where just all of a sudden, like, I don't want to go to the bar and have drinks. I want to stay home and read about philosophy and about Plato and shit like that. Like, that's what's a fun night now. Yeah. I want to give myself a wedgie, but it's it's cool. That that's exactly it. And and I guess if you if you fall into a rhythm where I I slowed down because I was just feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. I looked way older than I was at the time. I didn't feel good. And I said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll just I'll go to the gym because I'm pretty sure I need to be healthier. Yeah. And I started going to the gym and I said, oh, you know what? I have a Saturday morning workout. I'm not going to go out Friday night. And so it like almost accidentally turned into this new routine where I was opting for a good night's rest versus the party. And it wasn't a completely conscious decision, but it it's like I gave it a little and then it wanted more. Yeah. And then I kept going in that direction until I started learning about uh, nutrition and, and biology and and having the ability to just create stuff including my path for the future. Yeah, you kind of subconsciously rewired yourself. Pretty much. And I knew I knew it was only a matter of time until we got here because Mish is not just, uh, not just a musician. He's got... Uh, I don't know what kind of title to give it. But I don't you, you've got very interesting... I won't even say opinions because they're science-backed. He does a lot of like research about... molecules and human basically the human condition and why we do what we do why we are the way we are um and we've talked for hours about this stuff uh and i think i think it's something that more people need to know um definitely like you were just saying like you it started with just going to the gym more but really subconsciously what was happening was like your body was realizing what's better your body's realizing what is exactly better for you. Right on. I, I start. I started to feel better going to the gym. Um, now I know increased the strength of my immune system. Right. And I learned from you know the last few years that when you increase your strength of your immune system, your gut-brain relationship is. Well, I wouldn't say better. It's always communicating. But when you're in a good state of of health you are subconsciously motivated to move forward and try things. Mm-hmm. And so when I was starting to feel better, I, I, I felt almost enclosed in my world and it wasn't enough for me anymore. I needed to get out of it. Yeah. Where when I was unhealthy and partying and drinking all the time, uh, I, I didn't have this subconscious motivation. It's almost like it, it worked in the opposite way. It wanted to keep me there. Yeah, for sure. It wants to keep you in what what it knows and what it thinks is safe. Exactly. Because that's what it knows. Because I think most people don't realize 
the importance of like the gut and I know you talk about the gut a lot where like your your conscious mind what is it five percent yeah makes like five percent of decisions where like the majority of things that you decide that you do that your reactions your thoughts your uh excuses you make for yourself that's all coming from your gut and your gut is very good at convincing you to stay safe and stay put exactly and so the gut is not good or bad it's just that you know they say we we create our reality well literally whatever we feed the gut or whatever we do that impacts our gut will create a reality that wants us to push us in a direction of that state of that gut. Mm -hmm. If you're eating really clean, you're working out, you're meeting people, you're creating stuff, you're traveling the world, then you're essentially feeding your gut that and it wants more of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're staying in the same place every day, you're drinking a lot, you're eating like shit, well, the, the gut is built up of that kind of stuff now and it just wants more of that stuff. So I know like you, you got you, the, the, sorry, those were bad words. Um, <laughs> The key is to create diversity, right? And kind of, if you get too used to something, do something else to sort of change it up. Exactly. Stay fresh. Stay fresh because there's there's no state of perfect. Right. There's, let's say, everyone's experienced this. You do two, three, four weeks of, of like a good routine. You're eating well. You're you're going out. You're, you're doing things that you think you should be doing. And then after like week four or five, you ask yourself, oh man, I don't feel like as pumped up. I don't feel so good anymore. Is this health thing boring, blah, 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 blah. And just know your, your body got used to that. You've strengthened it and now it's bored. So it needs more stimulus for growth. So it's about throwing something new in. But I would, so I'm curious, like, let's say someone is super uh, health nut and is always being active and traveling and has like a really active lifestyle. Is it? beneficial for them to once in a while sit on the couch and watch TV? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, because the way I see it is there's nothing bad. Hmm. Everything's good until you just do too much of it. Right. So TV's fun, relaxing is fun. If you're always go, 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 if you're working out of the gym 20 hours a day, that's not good. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to you know, like The Rock on Sundays. He he oh, eats he those pancakes yeah, he and a pizza it. and he has all this amazing stuff, but the rest of the week he's he's health he's healthy and he's working out and I think he even works out Sundays. There's there's nothing really wrong with with that. It's just that when you're doing that every single day, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and say there's no way that you can believe the lies you're telling yourself. Right. To keep doing this. Yeah, like like I was telling you earlier that I've been back in the gym for a few weeks now and I've, I found it really difficult at first just because A, making time, B, the motivation to like have the energy to go and work out. And then most importantly for me, it's like a 12 to 15 minute walk both ways to the gym there and back. And we live in a frozen hellish tundra. Um, so like- This is true. <laughs> it took a lot of, uh, I guess the word is like willpower to start going and I found myself like at first hating it then really getting into a great rhythm and feeling really good about myself like you never regret forcing yourself to go to the gym and then I would come home and feel great about it and then recently 
it's been colder than ever and I've been, I guess that's my threshold, that's my line in the sand where I've been now making excuses why I don't need to go and I feel like crap. Exactly, and and we, we might think, like the cold, look, it's true, it's freezing. When yeah. it's minus 24 and you gotta walk 15 minutes both oh. ways, it's not cool. Yeah. But that's a, it's a rationalization, I'm sure you can agree, because there's always a way to go to the gym. For sure. I could wear an extra scarf if I really wanted to work Exactly. Out. Yeah. But the way I also see it is, if I'm now starting to think of this stuff, I, I, I ask why. What did I eat in the last few days? Because when I start to have ideas that go against things that I know that feel good, like going to the gym, it's like, what did I sabotage my subconscious with? Was I eating shit all weekend? Or the last few days, did I, did I spend too much time alone? Did I work too much? Did I, and so just these kinds of questions often answers what my state of mind on on the day where I'm rationalizing. Totally, and that makes total sense because I find I struggle with that big time working too much. And people often say like, oh, it's just called work ethic and it's called working hard and whatever. But I've reached a point in my life where I know it's not that. I know I'm stupid because I'll wake up at, I'll start working at 9 a.m. and I'll work until 2 a.m. and I'll do that nine days in a row and not go anywhere or see anyone or speak to another human being. And I tell myself I'm just working hard, but really like, I could I could theoretically get all that work done in half the time if I were working smart and have a life where I would be prospering and like. Totally, and I think the key the key is, is being conscious of it, Yeah. essentially. There's no right or wrong, you can't go back in time, but moving forward you can be aware of this. Right, and we were saying earlier like, if you're aware of it, then you have no excuse. Exactly. If you know I should eat better, I should go to the gym, I should stop injecting that stuff in my arms. <laughs> like if you know, if, if you're oblivious and don't know, then then it's excusable to I a degree. So. But if you know, then you have no excuse. Yeah. And, other and, than do it right. And it's a, a delayed, it's a delayed gratification approach because let's say you were kind of off routine or you worked super long hours and you were in solitude because for the last few days, you're not gonna get it back in one day by eating one good meal. Mm -hmm. It's gonna help, but you have to understand that you have to almost plant the seeds a little bit for a couple of days. Uh, yeah. Maybe get out and meet some people, some people who inspire you and just like share air with them like yeah. we're doing right now. And you, you, it's almost like you're rewiring your, your subconscious to set you in the, in the direction and the path that you want. Right. So number one is acknowledging it and also understanding the fact that we are a machine and the machine wants more of what you give it. Totally. So if, you, if you're used to being super stressed and working 19 hours a day and you do it for 10 days in a row, your body becomes used to it and, and just, makes you feel guilty yeah. for not doing it the next day. Exactly. But understanding that the guilt is a lie to keep you in a place you don't want to be. Exactly. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Because yeah. realistically, we as human beings are so much more in control than we realize. And like we've, we've talked a lot about like you don't, you don't want to come off preachy, you don't want to come off like some kind of self-help guy. But realistically, all those guys are doing are just giving everyone the tools to help themselves. And that's all, even a therapist. A therapist gets paid X hundred dollars plus an hour not to tell you what to do better, 
but to let you ramble until you figure it out. Pretty much, yeah. Like, everyone's got it within themselves to make the change and to do whatever they need to do. It's just, it comes down to, I, I call it willpower, but I guess it has a lot to do with gut versus conscious mind. And it's just being, having the strength to do the thing you know is the right answer, as opposed to what your gut is convincing you is easier and safer. Because your, your gut thinks uh, in terms of right now, today. Yeah. But our human mind, that 5%, can think forward. And normally the biggest struggle we have as creators is, is that we're, we're artists and we're awake in, 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 a, in a sense. Yeah. And we don't to want... A, to an annoying degree. To sometimes. an annoying degree. And we always have this like inner battle. Like, I want to do this, but that the rationalizations are just amplified like crazy. Yeah. But if we realize that if we just literally feed ourselves with nutritious people, nutritious activities, nutritious work, take time to relax and take it easy and understand that the mechanism, like this machine will just go on autopilot in the direction we want. Exactly. It'll become so much easier than battling ourselves every minute of the day. Yeah, it's like sailing. You don't have to put a paddle, an oar in the water and, and paddle. You just need to know how to direct the sail and let the wind do it. Exactly, but yeah. so what you call willpower, would we could use that, that sailboat um, metaphor. The willpower is, okay, you have to go to the boat. You have to set it up. You have to learn how to use the sails and you have to say, okay, there's going to be some work that has to be done before yeah. I can navigate this thing. And it might be hard. And it will be hard. Yeah. But once you do it, you're going where you want to go rather than just taking where the current takes you. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier about like ingesting from other people. Yeah. And I think that's super interesting because I totally agree with you there that like you're, uh, you're essentially a product of your environment and you hang out with deadbeats you're bound to be a deadbeat you hang out with ceos you're gonna think differently like you you end up sort of taking from people i know like you've explained it i'll let you go into more detail but that like it's actual bacteria being transmitted from one another like you and i speaking right now are transferring microbiome microbiome is an ecosystem that lives mostly in your gut made up of trillions of cells of bacteria and fungus and, and parasites because an ecosystem is made up of all things. Mm. And when we're communicating, we're literally sharing that. You know, like some people call it energy, some people call it vibes. And our energy is essentially the measurement of that inner ecosystem of ours. Right. And what, when we're communicating and when we're together, we're literally sharing that. And if we spend enough time together, I will infiltrate you and you will infiltrate me and we will essentially become each other. Like, you know, when, and it happens with, like, it happens in terms of like the matter, it happens in terms of what we see, what yeah, we hear. Style, uh, everything. personality, whatever. You ever see a crew of like friends, two or three people totally. or two or three girls, they, they're, they're wearing the same coats, the same shoes. Yeah. They do their hair the same. Yeah. I even noticed something interesting about myself where I find because I, I create comedy, let's say, for a living, I can notice throughout the last decade, when I look at what I made, 
I know who I was dating because every girl I've dated has a specific sense of humor and all I want to do is make them laugh. So I can watch something that today I don't find funny, but I know why I made it four years ago or seven years ago, because the person I was romantically linked to would find that funny. And it's so interesting for me and no one else on the planet would be able to see it through this lens. But like, I can watch old videos I've made and be like, oh, that's cause so-and-so like That's that. so her. Yeah. Exactly. And were you conscious of that at the no, time? No, not at all. Or it's just that's how you I, I just, you subliminally picked up what worked, what triggers worked, and, yeah. and that's what you applied. Because that was that was my test audience. Exactly. Yeah. Makes total sense, and, and that's why we become our crew. That's why we become our tribe because of that. Just like we're sharing bacteria, we the information that comes in through our eyes and ears is, is populating our subconscious and gives us the relevant information to fit into this tribe because that's how we survived over millennia. If, if it's 10,000 years ago and you look radically different than your tribe, believe me, thing, life was not easy for you. Yeah. For so sure. we're innately, we become our environment because it has led to our survival and why not? And, and it kind of tricks us. We're, I don't, I wouldn't say we dress very similar, but we're hanging out more and I guess we both wear hats all the time and- so we're both bald. And we're both bald <laughs> and we both have beards. Yeah. But for the most part, like the balance of normal, I call it the balance of normal. If you're, a buddy of mine uh, watches nothing but uh, basketball, porn. Oh. porn. Uh, yeah. No, no, that would be weird. That's Donnie. That, that's Donnie. <laughs> a buddy of mine watches nothing but uh, Kobe Bryant, like videos and about like stuff about his life, and and he dresses exactly like it. And right. I'm like, dude, you know, like the shoes you're wearing and the shirt you're wearing and the way you're dressed and everything is exactly. I know what your Instagram feed is like. Yeah. The same as like with girls and how they dress. I know who they follow, right? Because it's it's very clear. And if it's not, if they're not a Kim Kardashian fan, they're a fan of someone who's a Kim Kardashian fan. Sure. And that's why I find Kim such an interesting example because, like, for someone with no perceivable talent or like that provides nothing of substance, has influenced the world, like more than anyone today. Yeah. Other than like uh, Zuck or Musk, like she's changed society to a crazy degree. Yeah, and, and it's, it's because she has, uh, she has rank, she has social rank, yeah. she is- clout. She has clout, and when you have clout, you have a lot of people watching you, and, and she's so influential because there's so many eyes on her. So her talent is getting eyes. Yeah. And so whatever happened, whatever random chaos happened to get her that well, we know what it is. Yeah, she sucked dick. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, one way or another, I guess. But that led, to, like, her thing was like the Big Bang. It was random chaos that created this thing, and it just went where it went. Yeah. And since there's so many eyes on her, she is setting the stage of what is, what is fashion. Totally. What is she's the proper a, way to talk? She's an influencer to the utmost degree in terms of influence and trend setting and like setting the tone for exactly. culture. If she wore uh, a green, uh, what do you call those? Uh, 
Those little, they're, are they Irish? Like the Lucky Charm? No, 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 like uh, Lucky Charms guy. Leprechaun? leprechaun is that yeah. Scottish or Irish? Oh, I don't that know. Is, oh. It's fine. Well, it's one of the two. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just a dumb this Canadian. Doesn't, this doesn't come from any sort of uh, yeah. But if she wore clothes. if she wore if she wore a leprechaun hat, yeah, like seriously, right. believe me, people would love that. People would start wearing leprechaun of hats. Of course. And it's as as like a social commentary kind of artist, uh, you know, comedic kind of vibe that I have and that you have as well. It's it's recognizing these patterns and seeing that we we are just machines that absorb oh, yeah. information and use it to be part of our tribe. So you know what I find so interesting? You notice recently I've been wearing the ski mask with the holes. It's like a it's not a normal ski mask. I like cut out the eyes and mouth and it looks like I'm a real villain. You know what I'm a talking real about? Real villain, yeah, yeah. yeah. I started wearing that like two months ago, three months ago, because I was like, this is gonna be my new shtick. And I'm not saying I did this, I, I, in my mind it's a full on coincidence, but the amount of people I know on my timeline, like different musicians and artists and comedians and whatnot, the amount of ski masks I've seen over the last two months has skyrocketed. Really? Yeah. So who's wearing ski masks? No idea. But you just know that you've been seeing them? Yeah. So you're saying that you didn't just come up with this amazing concept that it's just... I don't know. I like, same with, on the flip side, I often think about like Epic Mealtime and the bacon craze. Bacon was the biggest thing on the planet. I don't know if we just wrote it at the perfect time or if we kind of did that. So the ski mask, I think, is more coincidence and I just got in at the right time for ski masks. Okay. I do think we kind of did bacon though. I would I would say that you were you guys a catalyst in it. definitely part of that yeah. explosion of bacon. Yeah. It and it's so weird. Like it could have been something else. For sure. If we did the fucking toothpaste YouTube show, toothpaste could have been huge. Exactly. Which which means that just the way that things become fashionable or popular, it's almost a random act of like of chaos. It's like what yeah. Whose eyes were on what, at what exactly. time, who was influential, who yeah. embraced it, and then everyone who followed them followed it, and it just became a cultural exactly. like and, craze. And that's sort of why I've had many people over the years ask me to be like consultant for like YouTube channels and stuff. And I'll always say like, I, I can absolutely help you create something quality. I can absolutely help you make something funny or something entertaining, and I'll make it as good as I possibly can. But if anyone ever tells you that they know what's gonna work or what's gonna go viral or what's gonna get views, they're lying. Because nobody knows that. It's all fluke. It's, you gotta make the best product you possibly can and then hope for the best. It, and, and you could also bust your ass in marketing and distribution and getting outlets to post it and share it and whatnot, yes. But in terms of like, I'm just gonna put this out. To be a phenomenon, it, yeah. it's, it's, there's so many variables that we are so blind to that there's no way of really orchestrating that unless you have built up a huge yes. audience. Let's say you're Kylie and you put out the, whatever you the lipstick or whatever it is. She could put out an album right now Absolutely, because it, it's got that distribution factor. But to come out of nowhere and to just go viral and explode, you can't really engineer that. You can 
that's why you can work with putting it out with with big influencers and stuff yeah. like that. But to real really make a craze out of something that is completely quality and consistency, really. Yeah, you just gotta keep putting stuff out, yeah. and eventually you build your own momentum and steam, yeah. and that's and it compounds. And it compounds, yeah. and consistency is is the key, really. Yeah. To, yeah. Tying this into you being a musician, a lot of your messaging has to do with all of this stuff, like all of the conscious mind and. Totally, and 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 it started more with just like a absurd observation because I've always seen patterns in things. I think we all do, but I've always been infatuated by them. So. Um, Putting that out in a comical way without really saying, you know, uh, the subconscious mind just absorbs relevant information, so it, you are part of a tribe. No. Yeah. How can I write this in a lyric that's relatable? Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I just, I just let it, let it come out. But it is the basis of anything that I'm interested. It is, it's explaining. I don't know my feelings throughout, like living in this reality that I'm seeing that seems kind of, I don't know, not. Orchestrated, but being part of something that I can understand is a formula. Yeah, and it's and there's this level of discomfort to just turn a blind eye to it and ignore it. Yeah, I can't. It's so fascinating to right. me. So it's almost like when I was in the family business and I was doing everything that previous generations did before me, I was getting applauded and everything because all of carrying it on. But as soon as I changed and I wanted to go create art that talked about yeah, how going. everything is goofy and we're all just monkeys copying each other the process of leaving those worlds is something I really wanted to talk about and as I learned about myself and went introspectively everything that I was feeling was had an explanation mm -hmm. based in nature and science that explained the, the pushback explained how difficult it was to, you know, the willpower to change. Totally, because I think an important factor in that is the, the fact that, that you didn't fail at business. You were quite good at it, right? Like you, the company that you took over, you grew and yeah. you succeeded at and realized it wasn't for you. It's not like you tried it and failed and moved on to do art. It's like you tried it, were good at it and realized that you didn't want to succeed at that. Yeah, well, there's sem semi-truth there. I was I was as good at business as I could have been without any prior experience. So there are much better businesses, sure. businessmen than me, but I got mature enough to understand that I could only take it so far. But I just mean you did a good you did a good job. Oh yeah, it's, it's not like you transitioned out of it because of failure. You transitioned out of it because you made the choice. I, I made the choice. I wanted to do big things, there, there was a little failure involved because, well, I, I'd say there's there's actually a lot of failure involved because I tried to do so many things that there was pushback from the, from the, the people, system. from the whole system, from the industry, from the people in the company. I was trying to move too fast. Yeah. So is that a failure or just, I just didn't know that things don't move that fast. Mm -hmm. And that's when I made the conscious decision, okay, well, to do this properly will take me 10 to 15 years, and is this what I want to be striving for over the these crucial years of my life? Yeah. And that's when I said, ah, oh, well, if I'm going to spend 10, 15 years doing something, I'd rather 
you know, get on a podcast with Tyler Lemko. <laughs> Dr. Tyler Lemko. Doctor, I apologize, doctor. <laughs> to, to talk about life and, the, and this path. So I think every decision is made from a stimulus that is usually a perceived failure. But to me, it was me going as clear-minded as I could, as, uh, as honest as I could, and I really believed in myself. And what I learned was that there's a world much bigger out there. And that me going 400 miles an hour was to my benefit because I learned quickly that there was, first of all, that- A lot of speed bumps down that road. There's speed bumps <laughs> down that road. There's, I could spend 15 years doing something that my competition was already doing. Right. So why, why not just sell to them, remove myself from the equation? The whole company wins, yeah. everyone wins, everyone benefits, everything. And so you get to do what and feels so, right. And I get to do what feels right. So the company grows faster when I'm not part of it. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I've recently started working with a career coach who's been like super helpful. And he asked me something recently that like blew my fucking mind. Where despite the fact that I do what I love and I do what I enjoy, my mentality is often, what can I provide? What skills do I have that I can monetize? Who needs this? What companies would be interested in this? Uh, oh, so this network is looking for reality shows, so what reality shows can I think of? Like, that's always my mentality. And he forced me to think about, like, forget everything you're working on, forget where you think they would work, which networks would be interested in, which shows of yours, and which the web series you're creating that you think people might like, forget everything and put it all away and just sit with the thought of what do you want to do? Selfishly, what, what would you wake up stoked about doing every single day? What, what enlarges you rather than feels, uh, I don't want to say safe, but more like just doable, feasible. Like almost logical to a fault. Yeah, because I think I'm so deeply programmed to think about what's gonna work or what might succeed rather than what do I genuinely want. So I was talking to him about um, like this potential opportunity that I've got right now that like I'm still waiting to hear back so I don't wanna go into too much detail, but like the, the it's the dream opportunity and the sheer thought of it seemed impossible to me. I was like, well, it's not, it's not gonna happen because that's perfect. That's literally what I was put on earth to do. So that's not what's gonna happen. And he was like, whoa, what? Why not? Yeah, why not? And I was like, well, well, that's just not the way it works, right? And he was like, no, that's exactly the way it works. <laughs> why the hell are you thinking that way? Totally, I think the fact that you're ask that question and, and, and you're so in it, right? Like you're so in it, you, you want to position yourself for the right show, the right network, but that's almost making art like an accountant. Yeah, exactly. There's it's nothing, not there's, there's nothing, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on the other end of it where, like if we met in the middle somewhere, we'd probably both be better <laughs> yeah. off, yeah. but I'm making stuff that I don't know who in the hell wants. Right. I, I'm just making art for art. You're making art that you love. I'm making art that, that I love, that's yeah. true. But if you make something that you truly love, you're going to bring an energy to it that is yeah. unlike exactly. anything. Because the trends are created by usually someone creating something, not that fits a niche, right. but that was spontaneous, like pure act of love. Yeah. And you're a, you're a, a 
you know, a genius artist. You are, whether you think so or not. Oh, I definitely think so. Okay, yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> but, but that's a great thing. And if you didn't go out of your comfort zone to talk to that specific person who brought that up to you, yeah. you never would have thought about this. For sure. Your, your, your game plan would have, would have remained the same. For sure. And now that planted a seed into you that... Now I'm thinking like, holy shit, maybe, maybe you can just do what you really are supposed to do. Definitely. Yeah. And you're not even, you're not even 30 yet. Yeah, I'm 30. Okay, you're 30. Okay. <laughs> Same thing. It's over for me. It's, it's, no, it's um, over. But so that's it. What, uh, what's your favorite thing about your career? Favorite thing? What's, what gets you off the most about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Because I know you're someone who has kind of put a lot of thought and effort into waking up happy about what you have on your plate each day, right? Yeah. Most people, I would say, are not that. Most people wake up and have to do stuff, and they don't have the mentality that they wake up and get to do stuff. And I think that that's, that's a much bigger issue that we don't have hours to break down yeah, right now. Yeah, that's, that's the I human condition. But I think what, something I really admire about you is that you do have that. You do wake up with this, I get to. Definitely, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited because delusional or, or not, I really think I have something to offer. Great. And that thing to offer gives me tremendous purpose. It gets me to meet people. It gets me to go out in new environments. It gets me to test my limits. It gets me to say stuff that I have to debate and defend and grow from because you get humbled when you speak to really smart people. Mm -hmm. I love feeling stupid. Yeah. It's the best. It's, it's great because it shows you not only that you don't know everything, but there's so much to learn and that it benefits you. Yeah, there's no such, like, there's not a single human on the planet who is done improving. No one. We're, we're, it's, it's a, we're constant work in progress. Yeah. And that's what excites me. It's, and also that I don't know where it's going. Mm -hmm. I know that it's going forward. I know that I could be on tour or I could be talking uh, a TED talk in 18 months. I don't know which one. Yeah. But I'm confident that I have something that is um, of value to the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And that if, if you have value in the ecosystem, the ecosystem will pay you what you're worth. As artists and as kids who grew up like in, in like, uh, you know, upper middle class suburbia, we, we have this idea or this weird relationship with money. But once I realized that if you have something that the ecosystem truly requires, you will get paid back in multiple ways. And so worrying about, worrying about the money, worrying about how you're going to pull it off is a detriment almost. Like you gotta obviously figure out your baselines, but if right. you're doing something you that's bringing, you need to survive, definitely. But if you can bring something that values a lot of people, you'll never have to worry about that. Yeah, you'll no, never... totally. And I think it's uh, it's also something to be said about like stepping away from what's safe and sort of the, the quote unquote normal route. Like like you said, we're both suburban kids. Like the the vast majority of our community is like 
either job or take over a company or like work something that's been set up for you. Exactly. And I think there's something to be said about like straying away from that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but straying away from it and finding out what you as a person want. And I think it's it's a tough thing because it's so comfortable. Oh, it's super scary. It's yeah, it's so yeah. unbelievably comfortable that to kick your own ass to do something different right. seems insane. Right, because given the opportunity for guaranteed uh, comfort and stability, it's hard to pass up. Definitely. But the the reward is fulfillment. Exactly. The reward is fulfillment. I saw how, like I looked back and I looked at how I was living. I looked how my dad was living, how my grandfather was living. And, you know, being conscious and, and looking back and saying, is that really how I want to live? Do I want to live with such high stress? Do I want to be, uh, you know, having to live a life that is so, how do I don't want to say it? There's a reason why everyone in in my family on, on that side would had to like, let's say, drink a lot or travel a lot or party a lot or be so stressed out. is because they had to medicate something that was really unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. You know, there were other companies who were bringing in that space, giving great value to the ecosystem. If you're not providing enough value, you're going to... You don't feel right. You don't feel right. So you're going to suffer in some way. And so I just look back and say, well, they didn't seem too, too friggin' happy. Why would I do that too? Yeah. You, it right. might, might look like, uh, okay, nice cars, big house, but that's surface. Yeah. There's a lot of sad rich people. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't interest me. Right. And I also think there's something about like, whether you're an artist or running a business, people tend to get very outcome oriented and forget to enjoy the ride and enjoy the process and enjoy getting there. And people tend to get stressed and get anxious and all that because all they can do is focus on... Where they're not. Yeah, exactly. And for sure. And I think... Yeah. And I think balancing like like setting up short-term goals to that lead to the direction of the ultimate goal which is usually an intangible goal mm -hmm. if it's if the intangible goal is health uh love growth creativity and you set up a life that can bring you there we don't know which road it takes but who cares we're going to where we want exactly if it's i want to have this many followers or I want to land this show, yeah, or, or X amount of dollars. Then, or, then anything that is not that is a life of disappointment and yeah. anxiety. Yeah, that's my biggest issue with LA because I love LA and I go there quite often. But I find the general vibe is so. When I'm famous, once I make it, like I can't reciprocate that. It's it's and and they're and they work super hard. Yeah, everyone's, and everyone's super talented and creative and yeah. great at what they do and they work hard. And there's just this like comparing to other people I'm getting past or when I make it, when I sell this, when I do that. It's do, never, it's it. never present. Exactly. It's not, it's not present. And, and the ones who truly succeed are the ones who are present. The rest are always banking on the next one. Yeah. And it's, and it's a really stressful world. Yeah. And so it's like, we have to choose. Okay, sure. They can show this and they can blah, 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 this. But you know, that consciousness meter, if we were... Yeah. You you look and you look at the ones who who did the great thing, who created the 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 niche or the thing that everyone's following. 
they were in a different state of mind than that. Right. And so if, if you be you and you're comfortable in yourself and you're giving yourself the proper nutrition, and I'm not talking food, I'm talking people, I'm talking places, activities, whatever, you will go on the path of least resistance to get you what you need. Those people working 20 hours a day are taking the path of most resistance. Mm-hmm. And it's beating up their bodies, it's beating up everything. and Their whole being, yeah. And you think if you do something for 10 years that's unhappy every day, once you get it at 10 years, you're going to be happy? No, you're going to be 10 years in the hole of unhappiness. Yeah, and then you're going to need the next thing. Exactly. I call it the horizon complex. Because no matter how fast or slow you run, there's always the same amount of horizon in front of you. If you're chasing the sun, there's always going to be the same amount of horizon. Even if you start to sprint, it's not catching up any quicker. And add this to the horizon thing, uh, metaphor, if typically you're extremely reactive if you're in the state of mind of when this, when that, when this. Because as soon as someone you're following or someone you're trying to catch up with makes a move, you react to that move. And instead of going straight, you're going left and right and back and forth. And, And so your line is so much longer then the person who's just going a lot easier, like the crazy guy on the highway that's passing everyone, but you're in front of him at the light oh, when yeah. you get off the exit. Yeah, no it's, better feeling. There's no better feeling because <laughs> it's it's it just shows you that yeah. what were you doing? Like, is that increased stress that you gave yourself, did it give you anything? Yeah. So in terms of your career, what's the what's the aspect of it that you dislike the most? that I dislike the most. Well, the at this point, it's I've left my old world, I'm embarking the new one, and the part that I don't like so much is, is I spend a lot of time alone. Yeah. And where I used to believe that the alone time was something that is me, and that's what I love to do, I'm realizing that I really, I do appreciate my alone time, but not so much alone time. Yeah, like you, you don't want to get to the point of solitude. No, the point of solitude, because then I'm trying to fight myself off from not doing things I know I shouldn't be doing. Right. Sharing with people, working with people. That's what I really like to do. Collaboration is amazing. Right. And so the part I don't really like to do is... Is... Uh, is, is, is the, just, amount of, the amount of aloneness. Well, yeah, but that's well, yeah. part of being an artist, too. Totally, totally. So, yeah, it's the aloneness, but uh, what else don't I like about it? I mean, that's a good answer. And what I'm realizing is that it is a business. Yeah. Like, I... I as much as you want to approach it as an artist, you have to think. If you don't think like a... If you don't think of yourself as a business, then you're never going to go anywhere as an artist. Yeah. Because your art is your product. You're the artist, you're the brand. But if you're not uh, conscious of it, so, and so what I'm realizing, like my solution to this now, because something that I don't like, first of all, things that I physically don't like to do, like accounting or, or editing videos or, or doing that kind of stuff, I'll just work with people who are great at it. Right. And that's an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the loneliness, if I can build this as a company, commit myself, bring on people, and start my own little omic tribe of yeah. a business that puts out all kinds of products that I believe in, then I'm building a business, but now I'm building a business on my own terms that's selling a product that I really believe in. Yeah, and you can help out people that feel the same way. Like, we're gonna work together on creating some content. Like, I'm 
not doing it just because it's someone who like needs help. I'm doing it because it's a cool person. I'm excited to appreciate that. But but and it works both ways. The only reason I want to work with you is because I believe you. you, First of all, you're cool, but you bring something to the table that makes one plus one equal three. Cool. And that's oh, because I'm bad at math. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that's that, that's really it. So I've learned that things that I don't like to do, there's always a solution for. So not doing the things I don't want to do. So like sometimes you have to. Yeah, you always look. You, have to ha- you always gotta suck the dick. At one some way point. or another. Yeah, and, yeah. and <laughs> but if you can put yourself in a direction and set goals where you don't have to, right? And, and inch towards there. Yeah. Then that's what you gotta do. Yeah. So before we uh, close off this episode, I, I get a lot of inbox messages on Instagram from people asking for advice or help or uh, well, you a are diagnosis a from the doctor. Um, so I thought we'd go over a couple together and offer some, some feedback. Cool, I like this. Um, so let's start. These are all anonymous. So somebody writes in, how do I make the big bucks like you? Well, only you can answer that one. Well, it could be it could be asked both ways. How does someone make the big bucks like Omic? Okay, well, Omic hasn't made very many big bucks in his artistic career yet. <laughs> well, I think the important thing in answering that is uh, don't focus on making the big bucks. Focus on feeling fulfilled and uh, it, it really is. It. Um, a turning point for me was when I started to focus on things I liked to do, and I was living kind of in my own driver's seat, driving my car, I saw that I tend to not overextend myself. I make X amount, I will spend X amount less this. Right. And just that, just just living within your means puts so much of a less, like less financial burden on yourself. Yeah. Because if you're always, if you can barely make it because you're always trying to keep up with the Joneses, and that's stop your hanging and, and out with the Joneses. stop hanging out with the Joneses. Yeah. Tr- stop trying to portray what what you're not. Yeah. And just that will de-stress you, and you'll be able to see a lot clearer. And do something you're good at. Everyone's good at something. Yeah. Everyone has unique experiences that has given them something that no one else has. Yeah. So how do you make the big bucks? Do something you love and do something you're good at, and you'll you'll be successful one way or another. You it, might not be a, be a millionaire at it, but you'll be successful at it. And, I think happiness is a much more important currency than dollars are. Yeah, if you find something that you're really good at and that you, you do with love and you make a, a commitment to, because that's the idea, you have to, you don't have to commit specifically, but you have to commit to the direction you're going in and then it will compound every year, it'll grow. Right. And if you're happy with what you're doing, you won't be medicating with overspending. Yeah. And so every year you'll have a little more, your nest egg will grow and grow and grow and it, it's a it's the long game really because if exactly. the goal is how do I make a, you know a million bucks next year I don't have the solution for you yeah all right something it. it's something illegal that's for sure yeah <laughs> um, next question good pussy or peace of mind which one do I sacrifice peace of mind which one do I sacrifice uh, why do, why does there have to be a sacrifice? Is it like well, from my so that's all the information I have yeah. is that <laughs> sentence. But I interpret this as 
Whoever wrote this in is having sex with someone that in, is good at sex, but it seems to be a hassle. Okay. Um, that's my interpretation, and my response to that would be uh, peace of mind over anything. Definitely. There's a lot of there's a lot of holes to fill out there. Oh yeah, the peace of mind for sure, because as we know and as we talked about, what you take in is what your body gets used to. So if you're taking in someone who is super stressful to your life, and you're not taking them unless you're into that kind of thing, right. but you know what we're talking about. If you're with someone who stresses you, then your system will get used to stress and give you reasons to keep them around, and your quality of life will just deteriorate. So in my books, it's quite binary. Uh, there is there's wonderful pussy that will give you great peace of mind out there. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't sacrifice your soul because your life's gonna sh be and, shit. And not only that, the, the staying with the not ideal solution is keeping you from finding the ideal solution. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just it just it just blinds you. Yeah. So now that that's a good question. A final one. Serious question. <laughs> I like that they prefaced it with I like that. <laughs> serious question. Why won't my boyfriend watch porn with me? Well, easy. He's, uh... He's, uh... What's the word I'm looking insecure? for? Insecure? Yeah. He's insecure. He's insecure and uh, he probably shouldn't be your boyfriend in this story. <laughs> yeah, or approach it from a place of understanding and, and stop judging, stop getting mad at him for it, yeah. and be like, clearly he's insecure about something. Let's deal with that. That's also that's also that. a good solution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Than, Mine is a little hate. Yeah, yeah. get rid of him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, get rid of him. Sure, fuck him. But yeah, I'd say uh, because there's there's always two ways to look at every situation. There's a, a positive way, and then there's a, a scared way. Like uh, yeah, and I think everyone has a tendency. So this person's boyfriend doesn't want to watch porn. Automatically, her stance is why not? What's wrong? rather than let's talk about why not. Like, no one, no one wants to go the extra level back. The reasons behind things, they only want to know the reasons for things, not why we do the things we do or the way we think the way we think. Like, there's always a, a backstory and a reason behind things that we are oblivious to. All we know is the fact in front of us that we can have a reaction to. Yeah, and that's a great point. Having a reaction or an opinion to a reaction, or to, is is the wrong way to look at it. Like there's so many layers we can yeah, understand it to Ask understand, him. empathize, and and see what it is yeah. that maybe put some porn on his laptop for when he opens it and make a little gag out of it. Like clearly, porn is something very uh, serious to this guy. Like he's yeah. he's either hiding something that he's into freaky, which yeah. is cool. You want to learn that, or he's just like very reserved and, and conservative about it. In which case, you just got to make it lighter and not so serious. Yeah, there, there's something that's that's negatively impacting him with yeah. this type of thing. And if you can get to the bottom of why, then you'll both feel better about it. And if not, you just watch uh, just watch porn by yourself. Yeah, watch your own porn. Yeah, watch your own porn. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for hey. coming on the show. Do you have any, uh, where can the people find you? At underscore omic. Underscore omic on all the platforms. On, on Instagram. I don't even know if I have the other platform. You have a Facebook. Yeah, I have a Facebook. It's, uh, omic, I 
Yeah, it should, should be. Just search Omic. Yeah, just search Omic. That's O H M I C. And there's going to be a YouTube soon. And the, no, there is a YouTube a channel, YouTube. and that's Omic as well. O H M I C exclamation point. I make music. I make uh, music videos, short film stuff, and uh, and who knows where it's going, but I'm having a good time, and I'm uh, excited to uh, share it with my friend Doctor. Flemco. And all you guys now, follow him and uh, stay along for the journey because it's going to be an interesting one. And uh, that's how you do a show. Let's shake hands. Let's shake hands. Goodbye. Later. I am your doctor. Here's the prescription. Girl, two teaspoons of my friendship.